The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional and the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, Protecting Yourself with a Personal Privacy Audit, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. She served as a privacy expert for numerous court cases nationwide and at a White House press conference featured on C-SPAN. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning? Oh, Lloyd, we're talking about this uh, exciting stuff that's been going on with Pokemon Go. And so we have a couple experts to talk with us. Let me tell you about the two wonderful experts that we have. First of all, let me introduce you to Richard Lee, who is a founder and co-managing law partner of Cilician L- Lee LLP. He focuses his practice on complex litigation, business litigation, real estate matters, and general business formation and development for clients in California and beyond. Eugene Chun is a litigation associate at Cilician Uh, Lee, and she focuses her practice on representing Southern California-based businesses and individuals across a wide variety of matters. And prior to her working at Cilician Lee, Ms. Chun gained valuable experience working for a litigation boutique, actually a couple of them in um, both California and New York, as well as for several public interest organizations. So we are just thrilled to have both of you join us. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. So let's start out with, um, let's see, Eugen, you want to start out and tell us, for those people who are listening that aren't familiar with Pokemon Go, why don't you tell them about this incredible game? Hi, good morning. Thanks for having us. So Pokemon Go is an augmented reality location-based smartphone game by Niantic, which is a breakaway company of Google. So it involves the players going to different locations physically in order to capture Pokemon creatures, acquire items from designated spots called Pokestops, and battle to take over designated gyms, which one can claim for his or her team. So it's basically one of the first games to really capture worldwide attention um, in terms of actually involving the players going to physical places in order to play the game. Right, and they can get together and meet each other at these places as well, right? So, yes. 
So how, tell us a bit about how the game really interacts with businesses and, and those public areas you were talking about. They have to lit- literally physically go and try and find the Pokemon. So um, how do they really interact then with those businesses? So Niantic actually chose these um, locations for the Pokestops and gyms um, kind of randomly, but also not. So basically what happens is that Niantic has a database for another game called Ingress that's been around for a little longer. And so that's another one of its augmented reality location-based games. And so Ingress sets forth its acceptance criteria for these locations as sites that allow the players to, for example, discover and enjoy their community, such as locations with a cool story, a place in history or educational value, a cool piece of art or unique architecture, or a hidden gem or hyper-local spot. So these locations are places like churches, museums, and of course businesses if they happen to have a lot of attention from the community. So that has included bars, restaurants, so on and so forth. So if a bar or a restaurant is actually designated as a Pokestop or a gym, then people will naturally flock to those areas, um, which has you know had both positive and negative implications. Yeah, well, I would think it's kind of like a marketing ploy to you'd want to be if you were a business that wanted to bring in young people to come and buy your food or buy your drinks, that it might be something you really want to be one of those locations, right? Yes, and so far uh, we actually haven't had the uh, explore the idea of these businesses paying to be a part of the game, mm. and so that's I think some somewhere we're going to see a lot of development. Right. So, let's talk about some of the positive implications of the game, and you know, and for individuals who are playing the game and and the businesses. Sure. So at the individual level, this is one of the first mobile games of its kind that takes the gaming out of the house. So uh, no longer do we just have people, you know, sitting in basements in front of their computers. We actually have people going outside and exploring their community and getting some exercise. So in that sense, it's really great. Um, And another um, positive aspect for the businesses has been that for places like bars, cafes, restaurants that really benefit from just having a lot of people around, uh, they've actually seen a lot of increase in business. So some of them, they would even offer discounts to people who place what are called lures, which are basically um, game items that you can purchase with real money um, and put them at a Pokestop to attract more Pokemon creatures to that area so it benefits everybody who comes near. So there have been some bars and cafes that offer discounts to people who do that. I know my daughter um, (laughs) was in a relationship with her boyfriend for six years, and he actually created games. He worked for Blizzard. And, um, but at night he would just be in front of the computer all the time and never want to go out. So I guess for that relationship, it would have been helpful maybe to have the two of them go out and Pokemon go and, and see if they could find the little Pokemon. But, uh, I don't know. So let's talk about some of the, what, okay. So that's some of the good stuff, but you know, I've been hearing about accidents or people falling off cliffs. Tell us about some of the challenges. Yeah, sure. So um, the biggest thing um, that has that people have been talking about is trespass. 
So, of course, wanting to play a game is no excuse for trespassing onto private property. But um, there's a lot of issues with, um, like you said, people getting into accidents, um, playing while driving, which is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And uh, Richard, did you want to talk a little bit about the other legal concerns? Yeah, I was just thinking about some of the other, even, well, I guess they all can become legal concerns, can't they? So let's, let's go to, um, to Richard. Richard, let's, let's talk about some of the legal concerns that are coming up. And, you know, what I started to mention about people in accidents, falling off cliffs. <laughs> what's, what's going on with some of the concerns on the other side? Well, yeah, first of all, thanks uh, thanks for having us, Mari. It, it's, it's always a pleasure, and it's always a great time to, to be on your show and be able to answer some of these questions. Uh, I, I think when it comes to Pokemon Go, one of the concerns is um, it, it's something that you just brought up, which is the, the, the fear of accidents, and, and it's a very real concern. Um, <laughs> people are concerned these days about texting while driving or emailing while driving or, or, or being on the phone while driving, but Pokemon Go really takes it to another level because you have to put your full attention uh, to the screen to, to capture these Pokemon creatures. It's it's a fun game. You know, it makes a lot of like noise. You know, it's got these great graphics. It's got these very cool, uh, uh, enchanting names uh, of the creatures. The problem with something like that, when you have to focus your entire attention, um, you know, there, there's a, there's a danger when you're in transit. But it's more than that. It's it's something that um, Eugen touched upon, which is the issue of, of trespass. Um, people don't really pay attention to where they're going uh, when they're playing Pokemon Go. Or they do, and they get to a certain location, and they just stop there. They don't look to see that you're in, on private property, or you're on uh, a, a property that while it's okay to be there for a short period of time, uh, it wasn't really designed for, you know, 10, 15, you know, 20 loiterers just to stand around on their phones and and really blocking a lot of foot traffic. It creates a nuisance. Um, There are claims um, that one can bring in common law. uh, If you're a business or you're one of those establishments where you have people loitering or trespassing or creating a nuisance, and those are the claims for nuisance and trespass. These are civil remedies that one can bring in court. Um, The issue with something like that, though, is like every lawsuit, they're expensive. You have to hire a lawyer. Uh, the amount of time it takes to bring a lawsuit and the amount of energy and um, you know the, the actual redress that you get, it's not always worth it. Uh, moreover, uh, it, you have to actually show damages in order to get some damages. Um, so if you have, say, a, a private business, uh, uh, say it's a restaurant or say it's a hotel um, or, or say it's something a little bit different, like a type of business that... That really values quiet enjoyment, uh, like a spa or a meditation center, and you have these people loitering around outside, and you don't want them there. You have to be able to show a causal connection between that trespass or that nuisance and damage to your business in the form of lost customers or the lost ability to to generate some sort of business, and that can be a very large challenge uh, to to take on. Um, it, it, this is a new field. Um, virtual reality gaming is is a new area that the law didn't necessarily contemplate. There's not a lot of regulatory framework when it deals with something like this. So that's why we we deal with things on a case-by-case basis, Uh, whether it's through claims for trespass or nuisance or quiet enjoyment of property. There are remedies that uh, private businesses and and, and even um, uh, public uh, entities have on things like this, but it's going to be a challenge when 
uh, dealing with, with, with all these new issues because we can't anticipate the types of lawsuits that are going to arise. Right, right. Well, I think that Pokemon Go really did anticipate some because don't they have uh, that pops up on the screen, be aware of your surroundings? And so they, they pretty much tell you as, as a player, you know, be alert, right? I, I, absolutely they do. And, and, you know, that's something that if you're a, a, a smart developer, you, you look and you see some of the pitfalls of the type of game you're creating, especially a virtual reality game where people will actually physically have to go out uh, to different places to interact with the virtual reality. That's the type of stuff that if you're a good developer, you'll say, okay, there's a possibility of accidents. There's a possibility of trespass. There's a possibility that, you know, your actions are going to impede upon other people's rights, other people's properties. So you put those warnings over there. You put those warnings on the game. Whether or not that warning is sufficient to shield the developer from liability if a great many uh, uh, game players cause a nuisance or cause some sort of a situation um, where there's uh, a, a great danger or great risk of problems, I don't know that that's test been tested by the courts. Um, yeah. That's going to be something that you know we're going to look forward to seeing in the future. Well, I'm thinking if um, if I'm driving and I'm playing the the Pokemon game and I'm rushing to get to some place and I'm excited about it and I cause an accident and it hurts or injures or kills other people in other cars because of that, would that third party who didn't you know consent to to you know be liable for himself along with the warnings they would have a cause of action against the driver but maybe also against the company that created it well and the answer to that is it kind of depends and it depends largely on whether the gamer was playing within the rules and recommendations of the game or reasonably outside of them um, it, 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 if they're playing within the rules of the game and they still cause that accident anyway, um, then yes, maybe the developer would have some sort of liability. But typically, though, a situation like that, um, you know, the Pokemon creators, they do have that warning saying, hey, be aware of your surroundings. Um, we're not saying that, you know, people should... Uh, drive in Pokemon. In fact, I think they're not supposed to. Right, uh, right. You know, that type of stuff is kind of like drinking and driving. <laughs> um, you know, you, you're allowed to drink alcohol, uh, but you're not supposed to drive while on alcohol. And if you cause an accident, that's on you as the driver. It is not on Michelob or Anheuser Busch, mm-hmm. uh, unless you're doing something that you know is is, is uh, Anheuser Busch or, or Michelob or any of those uh, alcohol manufacturers or beer manufacturers promote, and they don't promote that kind of behavior, and that is Pokemon's creator. Yeah. To add to that, um, Niantic has taken some steps to kind of shield against people driving while they're playing Pokemon, so one of the um, features of the game is that you can actually incubate, so like, uh, quote-unquote incubate, a Pokemon egg, and so the more you walk, the faster it will hatch. And they actually have um, made it so that if you're going faster than 15 miles per hour, that would not count toward your um, walking. So, oh. so, so we do have that in place. So it discourages the players from playing while they're driving. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's almost like um, if if I were to try and uh, 
navigate, go into my navigation while I'm driving, my car will tell me you're driving. Only the person who's in the passenger seat can do this. You know, it's like kind of more than a warning. It literally won't let me do it until I prove that it's not me as the driver who's trying to set forth my navigation system. So, yeah, so that's good. So what sort of regulation um, do you anticipate to help counteract some of the business harms and any of the harms that are coming up? Richard? You know, that that's a, a, an interesting question because we have to kind of look into our crystal ball <laughs> and see the, see the future of, of how the state assembly or, or, or whatever governmental body is going to enact some laws to regulate a particular industry, a particular type of practice. Oftentimes, that only happens after years or a, a, an extended period of time uh, from which you can assess the actual dangers or risks or, right. or positives posed by Pokemon or any other type of game. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of case-by-case rulings. Um, there's going to be litigation in the courts. Um, there's going to be news, and there's going to be public opinion that sways back and forth before we see that regulatory framework. And, and it may be that uh, if people learn to how to adapt to these games and not cause such a nuisance or, or, or cause you know any any large amount of trespass incidents or accidents, or, or the developer becomes smarter about how they market their product and, and the, the controls that are within the game, it may be that there isn't any regulatory framework in the future. But you know, as we've seen, things crop up. Uh, you know, they're, they're, that that we can't anticipate right now. I, I think the safest bet is again, case by case, people will bring. Um, uh, lawsuits against individual drivers, against individual persons who have trespassed on property or have interfered with business or created a nuisance on property. And if you have enough of a frequency of those, and if it creates enough of, uh, of, of uh, enough of, um, uh, I guess, a spark that it, it catches the public's attention, what entities and, and, and state assemblies and state governments, that's what they react to, and that's what we're going to see. Well, we're probably going to see a lot more games like this because this has gotten such hype that we're going to see all sorts of competitors coming up with games like that, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I think Pokemon is just, you know, the first of many uh, types of virtual reality games. I think one of the things that makes Pokemon very attractive to people, though, is, you know, this this was based upon a cartoon. It already had uh, an established following years ago. Right. And so they have that connection with the audience. And the makers, they, they crafted the game very well. Uh, again, it's very attractive. If you listen to the game, if you watch the game, it's got this great music. It's got these catchy characters, these catchy names. Yeah. Um, and it's fun. Um, uh, the challenge will be for any competitors. Um, basically, they've got to look at you know this type of a game. They've got to copy it and make it so uh, sufficiently different uh, that they can market something without making it seem like a ripoff. Uh, but also to have some sort of familiarity with the audience like Pokemon had with its cartoon many years ago. Um, I, I do think there's going to be a lot of competitors. I don't know that anyone's going to reach the level of popularity of Pokemon. There is something to be said about being the first and, and maybe the best of, of, of the games that are out there. Right. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that people are telling me, I, I haven't played it yet, but I see people playing it. And I think, is you know, part of it is just like, like I think um, Eugene was saying before, is that, you know, people get together, so it's a way of meeting people. You have some, you know, it's, it's a connection, because when you're on your computer in your basement, 
you're connecting but not really connecting this is forcing you to really connect with other people which i think as humans we really need to do so um you know that's one of the real benefits of it is that people go and they have fun and they meet people oh you know are you going to buy this are you going to buy that so um i i think if somebody comes up with some other kind of game that maybe people have to meet each other or something and or, or get an avatar or something that looks like themselves i guess somebody's going to come up with something that people are going to meet each other and it's going to be a chance to maybe fall in love or something i just see that uh, as something coming but but you know we've had such a problem with people still texting you know it's against the law I think you could be fined $500 or something like that if you're caught texting. But it still does. I still see people texting all the time. So. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that. And, and I, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit that I'm one of those people. Um, and, and I don't do it all the time. But there have been occasions where, where I have texted or, or emailed and, 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 and while well, in the car and it's moving. And, um, and I have to say, and I'll just. Bad boy! <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, I actually got pulled over uh, by a CHP officer oh. texting and driving, and he was correct. I was. So I just kind of, he, he pulled me over, he, he looked over, and I had my phone in my hand. I dropped Uh-oh. it, but he just shined his lights. <laughs> and I said, you know, you got me. Just just write me the citation. And, How uh, much I is it? Uh, you know, I don't know yet, because <laughs> as the, the standard line goes from any CHP officer when you ask, they say, well, the CHP doesn't make any money off any of these citations or any of these tickets. <laughs> You'll find out when you, you know, go to court or, or you, you check the website. So I, I, I suspect that you're right, that it's something uh, in, in uh, at least several hundred dollars or a couple hundred dollars. But whatever it is, I'm not looking forward to it, but, but I deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, he may have saved your life because now you're going to be more cautious about it. You're going to think, okay, I can wait till I get to the stoplight or I can wait till I get home or I can wait. You know, I mean, at least it'll be when you have to pay $500 or $750 or whatever it is, or go to court. I mean, you don't really have an excuse, so you can't go to court on it. No, absolutely. And, and, and as an attorney, I really have no excuse for, <laughs> for, for, for not following something like that, you know, following the law and, 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 and using common sense. And, yeah. and, and tying it a little bit back to Pokemon, that, that's kind of what, you know, we're, we're, we're venturing into a new field here, but we ha- kind of have to expect that of the users to use some common sense and, and be aware of their surroundings because things like trespass, things like nuisance, um, they actually do have a, a negative impact on business. Yes. Uh, you have certain businesses that don't want a lot of teenagers or 20-somethings <laughs> hanging around the front of their entranceway and, and blocking people from entering their business or creating uh, kind of a scene where, where, where people don't want to enter. You have, say, a, a counseling center or a, a drug rehabilitation center or something like that where, where people don't necessarily want to see a bunch of people while they enter the premises. That's the type of stuff that can drive people away and, and, and drive a business down. Uh, and if I were that business owner, um, you know, I, I'd have a problem uh, with, with, with some of the loiters and some of the trespassers. Yeah. And yet, you can go after them individually, but if, the, the, if it keeps perpetuating... That, that's a problem that's going to have to be addressed somehow within the game. Well, Pokemon might also want to, you know, um, take another look at that. Like, okay, we well, let's do a park or let's do a place where people can um, get together or, or have opt-in by these restaurants. You know, we'll opt-in for this. 
or will, uh, something where there is, um, it's not imposed upon someone else, you know, or maybe by by a museum or something. That makes more sense to me because uh, you have to be respectful as well. And uh, so we'll see what kind of regulations come up with that. Um, what basically um, at this point is is Pokemon letting uh, companies know that we're going to use your place? I mean, do, is there any kind of um, knowledge ahead of time by these restaurants or or whatever entities that Pokemon is going to that you're on the list that they're going to put the the Pokemon guy near you or something? Do they know? No, they don't actually. So that's been the problem that has um, that has captured the most attention. So, for example. Um, so they actually try to avoid residential areas for this very reason. But they did have some instances, for example, where a person has bought an old church to live in. And so he didn't know, but turns out that the game had actually designated his house as a gym. So he actually had a lot of people show up at you know all, all hours of the night trying to take over his gym. And the problem, the problem with that, of course, is that um, most businesses would not like that, and most people wouldn't like that either. And I think as we as we move on and we have more of these games and a lot of um, similar games that pop up, we're going to run into problems of even if the businesses had a way of protecting themselves, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know whether they're being affected positively or negatively by having these games because there is no limit on how many layers of virtual or augmented reality you can have in one physical space. Right. And in order for these games to be effective in any way, it would be impractical to expect the game developers to contact every single spot that would be included in their game before they develop it. That would just be impractical mm-hmm. and kind of defeat the purpose of a location-based game. So that's actually one of the reasons why regulation in this area would be pretty difficult. Yeah, I would think that it might be just in terms of um, consensual, you know, if you want to be a Pokemon place, you opt into it, you know, <laughs> and then they know. You don't necessarily know what it's going to happen, but you, you've allowed yourself to be opted into that. It seemed like that might be something that um, you could sign up for, you know, on the Internet. Okay, I want to be a Pokemon <laughs> place I, I don't know if that would ever work but uh but i know it's all over the world i mean it's happening in europe too right and in other places so uh it's it's kind of crazy i just had one other question because we don't have a lot of time but what about the privacy implications of this um richard you know i've i've heard that there's been hacking into pokemon what about that well, I have to say I, I'm not aware of, of, of any hacking, but any any type of um, uh, a game, any software, that, that that's always a threat. And, in fact, I think Eugen had some thoughts on, on some incidents that, that she, she was aware of. Okay. Eugen, you yeah. Sure. So not um, specifically about hacking, but a few days after the game was released, 
um, it was discovered that in order to play the game, you had to give Google full permission, or Niantic rather, full permission into your Google account. Ah. And that did raise a lot of concerns as to why would a free game require access to all of my emails, all of my Google Docs, etc. And uh, within a few days, Niantic did release a statement stating that that was an oversight, and then they did actually release an update that fixed it so that Niantic would only receive the most basic information. But in the few days that we were having these discussions, and I actually uninstalled the game for those few days out of fear of my private information being leaked, but with a game like Pokemon Go or any other location-based game, the problem with that is that it would be so easy to track everything, where you're going, um, not just your your movements on the internet, but of course but including where you physically go. Which cafes do I visit the most? Um, You know, which businesses do I frequent? And so as as we have more of these games, these companies are going to have a lot more access into our daily lives beyond what they see on the Internet. Right, and I would think if somebody wanted to do something like rob people that it would really be easy to know when people are distracted and they, you know, uh, maybe someone who has uh, some criminal ideas also joins in in the game and goes to these places and then attacks people there. You know, I mean, that that's a, another issue that's more than privacy. It's like a physical assault or whatever. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. But we are out of time. You guys are wonderful. We're going to, again, have to have you again and uh, keep in touch with all the great work that you're doing in technology. So I thank you. Just uh, Richard, you want to just give your website and it's time to go? Uh, yes, thank, thank you very much, Mari. It's uh, Our website is www.cilicianlee.com, and that's S as in Sam, A as in Apple, L as in Larry, I as in Igloo, S as in Sam, I as in Igloo, A as in Apple, N as in Nancy, L-E-E.com. You can check us out there anytime. Okay, and I enjoy your articles, and I enjoy all the work that you're doing. It's really fascinating. So no more texting, okay, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> Not in the car, at least. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much, guys. We will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.